And so GeForce Live is out there. There's some others out there, but Microsoft dominates it with this. And so basically they said, okay, you need to give us some sort of assurance that this is going to be a competitive market and this is going to be okay in the future. Microsoft basically came back. They gave them their proposal for how this should work. And it was things like, okay, we will give uh, a ten, the 10-year ten, ten deal, the same one that we're offering to Sony and, and Nintendo, that you can offer these games on your, on your cloud-based gaming services. We're going to do that. We're going to, what else was on my list here? They said that sort of thing. And then Microsoft basically, or sorry, the CMA basically said, these are not good enough. First of all, when you say you're going to cover these things, you're basically only covering people who are streaming games. It's not covering other businesses such as service models, such as subscription models like Game Pass. Because it doesn't, because it doesn't support those, basically you're saying if I buy a game on Steam, and GeForce Now says, okay, you own this game on Steam, so we're gonna, you pay a subscription, you can play this game because you already own it, that's fine. I can't go to, say, another subscription service like Game Pass where, you know, when I pay, I can have access to certain games. It didn't cover those. So basically it was saying, as long as you're not directly competing with Game Pass, we're gonna give you, we're gonna allow you to have this. CMA said that's not okay. Another thing is they said that it only supported games that were basically on Windows. So if you were using Linux or you were using Chrome or you were using something else, didn't support it. You had to basically be in the Windows ecosystem. So you still had to be buying a Microsoft product in order to get it. And also it said that by the things that Microsoft were proposing were basically setting standards that would not allow the market to evolve in the future and adapt itself. Basically, Microsoft is saying, these are the rules, we're setting them down now. And of course, those rules are beneficial to Microsoft now, but in the future, it could actually possibly hurt other competitors. And those competitors would have no chance to adapt the rules or set new standards because the standards had already been set by Microsoft previously. So because of this, the CMA said for cloud gaming, this is actually not competitive. It's going to give Microsoft way too much control over cloud gaming as a whole. Another issue was that if any in-game purchases, would, would Microsoft will get 100% of the proceeds from that. Now, normally, for instance, if you're in PlayStation and you buy something in Fortnite, PlayStation will take a 30% cut of that. Microsoft does the same thing. I think Steam does something similar. 30% is the rule. 30% is the rule, but Microsoft was arguing these are all storefronts, and because these are all storefronts, that's why they get a cut. If I go to, say, GeForce Now, that's not a storefront. That's a service. I'm not buying anything from GeForce Now. I'm buying things from Steam, and then GeForce Now just allows me to have access to that over the cloud. Therefore, any purchases made while using GeForce Now, not being a storefront, doesn't get any of those profits. We get 100% of those profits. And because of that, the CMA basically said, nope, this is not okay. And yeah, they turned down Microsoft's proposal. And then they said, okay, Microsoft, you're not allowed to come back to us for another 10 years. That's our 10-year deal. So Microsoft is now going to take this to court and they're going to try to have this overthrown. It's, it's interesting because I read an article, the BBC, the BBC, the, the equivalent of the ESA, right, in the States, right? They were like, yeah, no, we wanted this deal to happen. They represent the gaming authorities in the UK. 
But they said yes. And of course, everyone on the podcast knows I wanted this to happen because I read the stories about Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard and how they treated women and minorities and stuff in Blizzard. And it was pretty terrible. And Microsoft has a not the greatest record, but a better record than Activision Blizzard had anyway. A lot better. So I was like, okay, let this happen. Not to mention the whole Taiwan number one stuff about Blizzard and Activision, that stuff. And Microsoft wouldn't care about China, which is also cool. Yeah, no, it's... I think the deal will go through eventually because it's too big, too much power. Not to mention the current government in the UK led by Rishi Sunak, who's a, a pro-business guy. He definitely has a lot of influence when it comes to courts and legal systems, that sort of stuff. So I'm sure him, his administration, I don't think he called it administration in the UK, but his party will have find some way to make the deal go through. Yeah, I would be surprised if this doesn't go through in the long run. Well, and that, that the only thing with the okay, so a it's only the UK and currently the was it the FCC in America? The F isn't the FTC right? FTC in America. I don't ever remember. I haven't been in America forever. <laughs> uh, but basically, those are the only two groups that haven't approved of this. Basically, every other country has said it's okay. And yeah, like you said with the business thing afterwards, Microsoft and Blizzard have kind or Activision have said some pretty scathing things about the CMA talking about oh we were going to bring business to the UK and you want the UK to be this the Silicon Valley of Europe but clearly you guys can't handle technology and so we're going to be pulling out all of our deals with you guys if we need to because clearly we can't trust you guys with making good decisions so yeah it does look like they're threatening business in the UK and yeah it wouldn't surprise me if especially with other groups and on a higher court, if they say, no, you know what, it's fine. So that would be my expectation. Go ahead, Anton. That's it. No, I still, Europe has blocked big deals before, not in the game industry. When uh, I was taking the example of Air Canada trying to buy Air Transat, supposed to be a North American deal, and yet Europe said, no, Monopoly, you can't do that. And it's a massive deal which went down the drain, just like that. And just happened, it went to courts, court take years for this, so. Not sure if the British guy, sorry, is a PMA, just don't know his name, but if she's still going to be in power or if she's the other party's going to be in power. So I, I'm not that confi- as confident as you, let's say. It's great if it happens. It's going to be a massive monopoly on Microsoft, and I'm not sure if we really need that in the cloud industry. But I just let's see what happens, basically. Sounds good. Okay, let's move on to Antoine's story, which is about Overboss. Yeah, so that was a lot of doom and gloom, this whole show was read for, I know. So I just wanted to bring a bit of lightness and bring out, I believe this is an indie studio bringing this game. And I wanted to bring it out because it's going to be released 3 2023. But right now there's a demo available on Steam. Go and try it. And if you like it, then wishlist it for when it comes out. It's always good to support small studio. So what happens is overboost. You're a monster boss and you are used to hunt heroes and create dungeons and all, but that's not enough. So now you leave your underground, you go overground and you compete with other boss to dominate the world. Other boss. The winner is the other boss. So let me take the description on Steam because to be honest, I haven't ever, I understood a bit how it works, but dice. The goal of the game is to create the best map. And at the end of uh, the party, the game, the map with the most amount of points win and becomes the other boss. 
So the descriptions on Steam is like each turn you draft one tile and token set from the market, which on your screen here would be on the left. You place the tile in an open spot on your field map and every terrain type is scored differently. So you have terrain, you have, let me just come back here. You have terrain, you have different uh, type of unit monster and the point is to do the best combo to have the most powerful map. Uh, it seems a very relaxing and chill and strategy game, which I thought Kukang would like, to be honest. Shoot. So I thought, you know what, let's bring this out. I don't know if I will play, but definitely I'm going to try the demo to see because this kind of, of gameplay here, I haven't seen it much. And then we want to see if I'm going to get bored after two, two maps or if it's going to be addicting. I think it's going to be addicting to try to move your monsters and boss monsters and all of this to get the best combos you can have and the most powerful map. So yeah, I want to try this and I encourage you to try this. Try to encourage the small indie developers because they are the one with the best ideas and the most original ideas lately. I really want to try. Yeah, to jump into what Antoine said, you guys would have heard me talked about The Legend of the Keepers, which was a pixel art roguelike card game that I played a few months ago, which is really fun, made by these guys. These guys are a French-based studio. They're between Luxembourg and Strasbourg. I have no idea where those places are. Antoine can tell you where that is, but... That's the least northeast. A northeast of France, yeah. See, I thought Luxembourg was like another country and not in part of France. It is another country. Oh, it is another country. Okay, good. <laughs> They're a French-speaking small country. Oh, it's a tiny country stuck between France, Belgium, and Germany. Oh. Smallest country in the world. I thought that was Liechtenstein. No. Oh, Lich yeah, you're right. That's Liechtenstein. Yeah. Yeah. See, I remember Liechtenstein. I thought Luxembourg was a country, but like... On the Goblin Studio website, it's, yeah, we're based between Luxembourg and Strasbourg. I'm like, is that inside France or outside France? Because they don't see it. But yeah, no, a wonderful game. Really cool studio. They are, really are a, a small indie studio. I guess less than 25 people. They make these sort of pixel art games. If you go to a Steam, you type in Legend of the Keepers, you type in Overboss, you click on Goblin Studio, you'll see all these games. Their games are like $10, $15, $20. The game Overboss is actually on Kickstarter right now. You can buy the board game of Overboss, which is what they're kickstarting at the moment. But yeah, no, like Antoine brought this up. I remember playing, oh God, I was thinking about this as Antoine was talking. The very famous train games, very famous train games. The fool was on heat, no, because anyway, but like when I got into board games many years ago, I was like, oh, and I'm like, oh, let me play this on Steam. I had 50 hours playing a freaking board game on Steam. Right? That tells you how much, and I missed that experience because it was very simple, very easy, not a lot of thinking, still very strategic, very fun and competitive as well. This definitely might be something for me when I'm in the mood to play that on the mother PC as well. But yeah, Antoine, thank you for bringing it up. Many times, because very recently I played Terranium from Devolver. Devolver being very famous in this studio. And it was extremely fun in turn and something that I highly recommend as well. I may, I'm in my indie mood as well, but it's going to change very fast. But And Fuga coming out uh, very soon as well which I believe is either indie or close to be indie as well. It's my indie months. I'm sharing the love. I'm spreading the love. <laughs> Wonderful. That is a nice... Let's... Oh, I think we should have done all the bad stories together. Let's move on to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom release, which is unfortunate. So if you're looking forward to this game, it is coming out on May 12th. Unfortunately, did you know Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is already out? And yes, you can play it right now illegally. So please do not do that because... There are lots of countries in the world where Nintendo can find out your IP unless you're on a VPN. 
And even then, if you're on a VPN, you need to be on a really good VPN where your IP is not tracked. But we have people, the ROM is out. Again, as is preparing for the show, this is one of the top results when you search for Nintendo Switch. It's Zelda Tears of the Kingdom ROM, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom download, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, etc. These are what people are searching for. It's like a huge 2,100% increase in search traffic, of course, because who wants to pay $70 or $60 for this game? But when you can buy it and play it on your PC and it runs really well because Switch does have its own dedicated emulator for those of you who do want to do that. But yes, so it is out. I saw a really cool headline, which is like Nintendo's playing whack-a-mole with streamers, which is really cool. I'm having funny as well, but unfortunate for Nintendo because a streamer comes up, he's streaming it, he's showing the story to everybody and then Nintendo's ticked out and then it's taken down and then somebody does it on another platform or another place or another account. So if you're really big into story, if you're a big Zelda fan, you do not want to watch Twitch or search for this at all because you will find spoilers. A lot of outlets like Kotaku, Engadget, The Verge, they have their own sections. Like you can actually, if you do want to know what's going to happen in the game, if you do want to say, oh, should I buy this? You could actually read about the spoilers. So that's totally up to you. This is unfortunate. If you are somebody who is streaming this, I would really think about the consequences because Nintendo's terms of service does state that they can come off to you and that sort of stuff. So please be careful. And Nintendo is famous for being very protective of the IP. Remember that. And they have a very strong legal team too. So just went in days. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, no. The worst thing I'm curious about is what are the reviews saying? But yeah, I love how you're like, oh yeah, you can totally do this. But it's illegal, so you shouldn't. And this is exactly how you would do it so you don't get caught. I love that was your intro. It was transferred by not VPNs, we're not at all. You could take it to it, but now we, we, we want to explain how that. There's lots of articles online. And I think it reminds me when I was a younger person playing games and stuff, the rules were a bit more flexible. Now, when you get older and you have money, you're like, I don't have time to play around with the stuff. Just pay for everything. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that is this story. If you be careful of spoilers, and let's move on to Adam's third story. All right, so my third story, real quick, is an interesting one. Oops, I hit the wrong button there. So Skyrim is coming out with a new mod that connects to ChatGPT, and it also connects with two other things. What was it? Whisper and XVA Synth. So basically those two, what they allow for is... Why is this not showing now? Oh, okay. Just had it like a few seconds. Yeah, I don't know. But basically it allows for text. One of them is speech to text. Whisper is speech to text. The other one is text to speech. And so what you can do is you can talk. It'll change your speech to text. It'll enter that to ChatGPT. ChatGPT will then generate something for the character to say. And then that comes back out and then it translates that to speech. So you can talk to the characters in Skyrim now. They currently have some sort of environmental awareness, so you can walk up to them, you can hold a sword, and you can say, what do you think about this sword? And they'll say, ah, it's a pretty nice sword. I really enjoy the ruby inlay or whatever. So they'll talk about it. The one thing that they do say is it is currently slow. If you've used ChatGPT, you type in, and then it thinks for a while, and then it generates a response. It's not an immediate response. So that is definitely a thing. You're going you're gonna to ask a guy a question, and he's going to stand there for 10 seconds and then he's going to respond uh yeah this is this the future of gaming where conversations are entirely customized to the player and not scripted out previously 
one thing that they are currently working on is having at the end of a conversation some kind of data dump where it can store previous conversations so if you come back it doesn't basically reset your conversation they can have some memory of conversations that you've had in the past and that sort of thing so that's something they want to add but yeah it's pretty interesting it's creepy and yeah that's that so yeah it's too freaking interesting for future of rpg games yeah you know, I was so excited. I saw this story. I was like, oh, God. And I've been thinking, I've been wanting to replay Skyrim and finish all the DLCs and stuff forever. You guys know I'm a big fan. Like, I used Agent GPT to analyze our podcast. This is all the things you should do, right? It was just amazing. I think we'll get it down. Like, I think the slowness of the mod is probably down to just the fact that if you pay for ChatGPT4, you have a certain number of API calls per day. And after that, it slows you down. Just think of hitting your data cap. So I think as the service expands, as Microsoft with Azure offers a more comprehensive package for OpenAI, I think, yeah, this is totally good. I've already seen this being mentioned in a few like upcoming games. We can integrate AI into our game to offer customized dialogue and text. And it's absolutely, totally doable because going back to the agent GPT stuff is like I... You can start off with a main AI, which creates sub-AIs to complete certain tasks and on a, on a massive worldwide civil infrastructure level, this is it's totally possible. You could have a million people playing a game with, and inside the game has a million different small AIs which control every single thing. And that is wonderful. Different for sure. I know people are worried about it. And not to mention the story, if you would have seen the tech story, the one of the Google's first AI guys quit. He's yeah, this is scary. Google's got to slow down. I'm quitting Google so I could tell people to be careful of AI. And I'm like, oh my God. Wasn't he the one that said that the AI had the intelligence of a child and it was like talking to him and telling him it wanted to be free or it wanted to die or something like that? That is a, that is another guy. This is one of the, he's like in his 80s or 90s. He's the considered the father of AI, actually. He's a, a, but yeah, no, a different guy. But this guy quits so that he could come out and talk about it. But I think like every tech person I've talked to have said, like, it's not going to stop anytime soon. No, there's no stopping it. No, I was gonna be yeah. I still think it's gonna be weird because something that people tend to forget that ChatGPT is based on a language model, which means, and of course, it doesn't have a conscience. It doesn't have your values. It doesn't have all this kind of stuff. What he's answering you is based on his research and his logic and stuff. So you're not talking to an actual human there. It's gonna be a bit strange to have the RISP answers from a character like this in a video game, surely based on logic and completely devoid of any culture. I don't know. I mean, we get, with ChatGPT, I don't see it happening, but with future AI as it develops, and many will see that. Because that is going to be the end of our story. Gentlemen, what's the next week looking like for gaming? Adam? I'm going to be doing Frozen Flame. I made a mistake. I thought that the servers, because you know, when on the beta, the servers had been taken down. They said the servers were back up. I was, I kept, every time I checked, the servers weren't back up. I couldn't figure out why. It's because I was still set to beta mode. I had to go back to the. You have to change a setting in Steam itself. So now the servers are back up. So now I realize, oh, okay, I've built my boat. I'm probably just going to play on the public servers for a while. I'm probably going to be streaming that. And in my own time, I'll be doing Persona Five on my new game plus. So. Antoine, what about you? 
not much time these days. So I think I saw something interesting. Not too long ago, there was a DLC released with a new map for Sniper, Sniper 85. So it's definitely something that I can do in an evening or something. So I think between now and then, I would definitely try to play this. It's relaxing. Because after that, there's a shield for me, there's an open beta weekend for Diablo 4. When is it like it's not this weekend would be, I guess, a the third weekend of the 13th, I believe, something like this. And it's also going to be when BA2 is released. So, video game will be quite full. All right, Relays Game is wonderful. Hi. Sorry, everybody. We timed out on uh, our, what do you call it? <laughs> Google chat. So, it timed out. So, thanks all for coming, and we will see you again next week. Have a lovely weekend, everyone. Bye bye.